Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Beacon. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. Lowry's searching. Looking, looking. Brian Strews back to Lowry. There it is. Three-pointer. Won't go. Rebound. Cole will poke. They're not going to foul. The Heat will let it play out. It's over. At last, the long wait is over. After 47 years, the Denver Nuggets can finally call themselves NBA champions. Yeah, yeah. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go into shell. We won't go into attack mode. Because that's what's required. On 1037 The Buzz. One hour down, two hours to go. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, broadcasting live from the Hogsmeat Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. It's been a great Trigger Tuesday, folks. and want to continue to hear from you. 501-661-1037 is that number to call and text in. We'll have some First Arkansas Bank and Trust text line to read, as well as some Asher Record Live fan feedback. But it is a Tuesday, and here in studio, unable to join us last week, but he's joined us this week, is former Razorback pitcher Trent Daniel, thanks to Lyft Truck Services here in Little Rock. And Trent, it's good to have you uh, back in studio. I know we all wished uh, we were getting ready for Omaha for the Razorbacks to make the trip, but still, plenty of good stuff to talk about with the Razorbacks and college baseball in general, man. So it's good yeah. to have you back. Well, I just want to say it on air. Sorry I left you in the, in the trenches last Tuesday. But, yeah, we were pretty busy with the weather kind of affecting our week. So I uh, um, had, a, had a week here, I guess, to gather my thoughts on the season and all that. But, you know, still a lot of good baseball being played. Yeah. So just since I know it's everyone's kind of moved on from yeah. it, but we haven't gotten your take on it. Just how do you how do you sum up a season like it was and being bounced in the regionals uh, there in Fayetteville? Yeah, I mean, I think like everybody, you're disappointed and to see it end and you know such a, a team that that battled all year and put together just a great season to see it end early like that was tough and and nobody felt worse than the players i promise you that and you know they they left it all out there and they just i mean i don't know what else you can say about tcu i know it's a week later everyone's kind of like uh, i don't want to hear it all again but yeah i mean tcu they were just impressive they they battled and put the you know put the battle on the ball and it made stuff happen and made it tough on us and I think about the last thing we could have hoped for was to have to play some doubleheaders in that tournament with, you know, with the depleted pitching staff a little bit and doubleheaders early in the year. We didn't do too great in it just because you're trying to struggle, make it through pitching. It's a lot of innings, you know, so kind of kind of knew you lost that game and had to win three straight that that, you know, that was going to be a tough challenge for anybody, a good pitching staff, let alone guys that are just really battling through the season. Arkansas has great recruiting classes every year, expected to do – Big things every year, every season. But when you look at the expectation and the realism of it, it would be like a basketball team making the Elite Eight every year. That's what it it comes to when you get to the College World Series. And so looking at it in the big picture, it it may be a little unfair to say that you're going to be one of the best eight teams each and every year. Now, you may be that throughout the season, but as we see when you get to postseason and tournament play, things change at that time of the year. Yeah, they definitely do, and, you know, the way the, the – it, it's going to depend on who you get matched up against and stuff. You know, like, you, you never know who's going to get sent to your regionals. Some really good teams, maybe one of the better four seeds I've watched play besides ORU was Santa Clara. They were an impressive ball club. They battled, and you kind of knew the first couple innings, okay, this is you know, it's not going to be a typical 1-4 game. So, you know, you just, you just never know how it's really going to go, and – 
and who's going to get sent to your regional and you're going to battle. And I, I said it before that we ever got to the regional. The regional always scares me. It's, it's tough. It's four teams, and there's a lot of games you may have to win if you lose one. And um, it, it is tough. And felt like we were set up to make a run to Omaha if we could just squeak by there. But it just it's not how it worked out. And, you know, I, I still think they had a great year and stuff like that. I, I know the expectation now is if, if we don't get to Omaha or even win a title for some people this season – why did we play it? You know, mm-hmm. like that's how some people feel, and and I understand that. It's good that people are passionate about it, but you know, it, sometimes it just doesn't happen, man. And, that, and that's how it goes. And I definitely appreciated the way the guys played and how they play as a team, and just you know how things win at the end. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But watching them this year was a treat for me. I enjoy watching that ball club play together and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, you just. You don't know how it's going to go. Those, those regionals and you get, who get matched up, who gets sent there to you. And I know everybody's a little bit worried about TCU when that happened. And you can see why they can really swing the bat. Well, I even thought that's what Dave Van Horn said. And, and it made all the sense in the world. Because you talked about the regionals and, and how scary they can be, which I agree. But just knowing that uh, you know this team may not have been built for multiple games uh, uh, of a weekend. It's more like a yeah. three, uh, three-game series. you know, you got to win two, because that's kind of what their MO has been. They've swept a few teams mm-hmm. here and there, but it was it was like, hey, if you got into a situation where you just had to win the best of three, you're golden. You have enough to do that, yeah. but when you start going down the line and, and you run into a team like TCU and you know the pitching has got uh, you know some issues there, and of course Peyton Holt getting hurt and having yeah. to you know make the adjustments there, it's almost like that was going to be problematic, probably no matter who Arkansas played, not to say that they wouldn't have gotten out of the regional if they didn't get matched up with anybody else, but it's a tough thing for a team like Arkansas with the injuries and, and what, they, what they've had to deal with to be asked to when they have to play four or five games in a weekend to try yeah. to overcome that too. Yeah, and you know, you, if you, had, you think about it heading in, if you're like, all right, Hunter Holland and Hagen, are, they're both their starts are going to be way subpar as you know what they expect for themselves and, and for what we expected of them. So, I mean, that... That alone set you know made things tough. You had to go and use McIntyre for pretty much the whole first game. He battled the whole weekend. He he would have pitched again. You know he was ready to come in and you know it just kind of didn't you didn't really want to see your best reliever probably get pinned down the first game like that and get burned so bad. But um, you know they battled and the weather postponement was tough. That was something I didn't want to see. I didn't want to happen. I had a bad feeling in my stomach about it and. You know, you lose that night game at Baum, and you got to bounce back. You know, play a good TCU team earlier the next day, and it just kind of seemed like maybe Hagen's rhythm got thrown off a little bit from being ready. You know, for that Saturday game, and you're pushed back and stuff. You know, he just didn't look the same as even the you know he did the next day when he faced them. So, you know, there's just it just wasn't meant to be. It just there was some weird. The tournament felt weird to me, kind of from the jump, even from the start with Santa Clara. It was just kind of like, oh gosh, you know, it might be one of these weekends. So. Um, they they battled and you know made it back to the, you know the last day and TC was just too much. You got to give them all the credit, man. They you'd have thought they knew every pitch that was coming. It was kind of an incredible performance to see offensively. And seeding doesn't matter when you get to that point. Seeding is all about if you're a one seed, you get to host. But we saw that Arkansas was even able to go on the road last year and get it done. So you know there are some people that buy too much into the fact that that you know certain teams are twos and threes. Yeah. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. If you can play baseball, you can play ball. Yeah, and um, sometimes, man, I, I I didn't mind going and playing on the road. We we got to Omaha. We were on the road. We never even hosted my three years there, which is crazy to even think about at this age yeah. of Arkansas baseball. You know, it's like not hosting, what? But um, we went on the road, and sometimes you feel a lot less pressure. You're just there to play ball. You're, you stay in the hotel, and those rain delays, okay, just go back to the room, hang out, and – you know, I, I don't want to say these guys felt pressed a little bit, but it looked like some of the guys might have been pressing some at home. There's some expectations and and all that, and and I don't know that. It's just kind of how it looked, you know, for me watching them and kind of some uncharacteristic things even at the plate and on the mound that we didn't see all year. So, you know, you just never know, man. I mean, it, everything changes. You get to the regional. I know, I know, we look pretty good in Hoover, but there's a, there's different pressures that set in, especially at home in a regional. Well, I just find it funny, but also good in the way that this is the earliest exit Arkansas's had in postseason play since 2017. Yeah, man, that's that, incredible. I, I mean, yeah. that that that's a deal where I know in 2020 you didn't have a season essentially, mm-hmm. but uh, you're talking about 18 College World Series finals. You're talking about 19 College World Series. You're talking about 2021 Super Regional and being the number one overall seed, and of course 2022 in the College World Series. 
Um, you know, it, it's not going to make anything feel better. But again, it just kind of shows where this program's at. And, and this year, you still were co-SEC champs. You won the SEC West and dealing with so many injuries. So now it's like going into next year, which you know this roster is going to change a lot. I'm sure and. Still wait on some guys already to make has. decisions. Yeah, I mean, you already, yeah, you've already got some subtractions and yep. additions there too, which I know we'll talk about. But it's kind of like, I mean, I feel the same way going into next yeah. year as I have sure. always, where it's like, Dave Van Horn's got the number one recruiting class yeah. in the country. Dave Van Horn's going to have some transfers. Dave Van Horn's going to have some guys coming back next season. Dave Van Horn's going to do like, you just always feel like no matter what, you're going to be in the mix. You're going to be in the conversation for winning it all. It's just a matter of. You know, all of it coming together, matchups yeah. working out, and everything. But you know, there's no reason for anybody to feel like next year isn't going to be just as good of a team, maybe even a better team, and maybe even make another run at it too. Yeah, I mean, this this year, this past year, I guess it just ended. It was probably the biggest question mark in a while. You had a bunch of new guys all over the place, and they still, you know, you win the SEC and things like that. So you know, they're going to be right there, and and they're going to battle all year and bring some good players in. Already brought a huge transfer in with that catcher and. Um, Love to see that, you know, maybe get some offense at that position a little bit more now. So, um, you know, they're going to make some big moves. I know some guys are going to leave. That's already happened. That's just that's the nature of it now. And that happened before, but now everyone really knows about it and sees it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, the expectation for me is never going to change. I know it, it did feel weird watching Supers this weekend and not watching us play. I mean, it was, hmm. was a weird feeling for me. Um, Almost didn't want to watch any of the games. I still did. It was a lot of good baseball. So um, it, it was definitely weird to not see us in the Supers, at least. You know, that, that that's a good thing, right? I mean, yeah. it's nice to be a fan of a program that you expect those things to happen. I, I enjoy that. So you, you talked about the regional being scary. Can you just concentrate a little bit more if you do get to the Super Regional and you're talking about you only have to scout for one team, play one team, as opposed to scouting three different teams. Yeah, for sure. And and it's back to just a normal, like, weekend, you know, best of three. You're used to playing those every weekend, and it, it is a different feel. And it's just the regional tournament is – it's tough. It's a battle. You saw it all across the country. Teams struggle. I mean, teams get beat at home. Four seeds come out of it. And, um, yeah, it's tough. And it is every year. It's always – I wouldn't say you take a deep breath, you get out of the regional, but – you like to get to a best of three to get to Omaha. I mean, that's just go win a series there. So it didn't happen, but, you know, it is what it is. Well, you mentioned the uh, the catcher that they got, a transfer from the Texas Tech guy, Hudson White. And you're talking about just the way it is now, especially in college sports. You're talking about a guy, and again, it's it's just being reported right now. I don't think he's come out and said anything, but looks like it's the case. D1 Baseball reported last week he entered into the transfer portal. Uh, he is uh, just following his sophomore season. He was uh, all Big 12 this past year. While batting 296, 11 home runs, 10 doubles, and 49 RBIs while scoring 39 runs. He's a catcher. Uh, he also had, uh, he homered twice in six RBIs uh, against Kansas on May 20th. And behind the plate, he had 10 pass balls uh, and all of these stats. And then also on top of that, the year before that, he was the Big 12 Freshman of the Year, uh, according to Collegiate Baseball, and also the Freshman All-American uh, there too. The point is, is this: is that you're talking about a guy that had so much success yeah. at Texas Tech, at a, at, good, baseball at a good baseball program, good coach, yeah. goes into the portal, and now he's coming to Arkansas, mm-hmm. which I, I love the addition because yeah. I feel like Arkansas really has. Like Michael Turner was pretty solid there too. Opens had his moment, but it's like getting a guy that's you know solid at the catcher position yeah. and on the offensive side of things. Like that type of player, you know, you just it's just crazy to see him. Like you had so much success there. It wasn't like you were being held back. You had a lot of success, yeah. but. Going to the portal, not coming to Arkansas. It's a great gain for the Razorbacks, but just crazy that somebody like that would leave. Yeah, that, my brother and I were talking about that earlier today. I mean, it's like that's just kind of the nature now. Like, you know, a good program, Texas Tech, they make it to Omaha frequently. They're always right there in the mix. And two years, and he's out. I mean, that's just it, something you didn't really see too much of, and, and now you do because that's our age now of sports. So, or college sports, I'd say. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited about maybe adding a little offense. You don't really expect too much out of your catcher there, but. Um, maybe a little bit extra this year when I help some, but Roland, Roland played I think above his skill set at times. He was great on defense, you know, defensively controlling the game and stuff. So they they grinded through that and did what they could. And um, I know I know they were kind of scrambling a little bit last year. This time the the catcher spot was low, like depleted. Turner left, Leach left, and they scrambled to find some guys and and they did the best that they could. Trent, want to get your early thoughts on the College World Series as the field is set. Now, bracket two looks to be stacked. Yeah. You have Wake Forest, LSU, Stanford, and Tennessee in that one. 
And then bracket one, Florida, Virginia, TCU, Oral Roberts. Yeah, that that Wake Forest bracket is like you said, that's a gauntlet, man. I mean, you got Tennessee's hot. They could you could see them making a move here and, and maybe finishing this thing, but you got to face Paul Skeens right out the gate. So, you know, you got, they got a tough task. I think they've already played them one, you know, a series against them this year. So, you do have that in your back pocket you've already seen him once and we we saw Arkansas kind of did against him we had better at bats we you know actually gave him a loss which was not common this year with him but um yeah you get past you know Tennessee makes a move there past LSU and then you're looking at Wake or Stanford which I would assume would be Wake just having watched him last week I but John you and I were talking about it I hadn't seen them too much and that was my first time just watching them completely and it's like okay now I see why the <laughs> safety it. wins there you know, some big league arms and, and big guys in the lineup that can swing the bat. So I will say some of these offenses, I'm curious to see how they translate to TD Ameritrade. It's a big ballpark, and it plays like that. So I'll be curious to see how some of those offenses where it seemed like their ballpark, it just flew out of there. That'll change it some. But, uh, yeah, that side of the bracket is loaded. I'm not sure who I who my pick is out of that side. I mean, those four teams are solid. So, um Happy to see ORU make it. I think it's awesome. Anytime a four C, that's only happened what twice before. So they, you know, they'll play TCU and definitely pulling for ORU in that one. But, um, <laughs> see, yeah. that, that's a different mindset too yeah. because some people want to see TCU do well, and yeah. then others it's like, nope, TCU beat Arkansas. Want to see them lose as soon as possible. Yeah, I don't know. I, I probably felt more like that this weekend almost. Is like I would have liked to see any of the state. I mean, they got you know they're re, they're super yeah. taken away from. Had to go on the road and stuff. That's tough to see that. But uh, you know, TCU's playing so good. You don't even know you know if that changed much. But yeah, I think just it being a four seed. I don't know that it's necessarily it being against TCU is me wanting to pull for ORU. There's some Arkansas kids on the roster and they're you know Tulsa and it's just cool to see that underdog story now. I will say Stony Brook, they made it our year in 2012, and they went 2-and-Q. They were they wow. were happy to be there, and they got out. And I don't know that RU, they, they seem scrappy and stuff, but you know sometimes those teams are just, they made it, and the, you see them get bounced pretty mm-hmm. quick. So Celebrate we'll see. the year once yeah. they get there. Yeah. Yeah. Big accomplishment for sure. So I don't know. I'm excited about the field. I think it's eight really good teams, good ball clubs, and... You know, are you they they have fifty wins? I mean, they, I think it's I think I might have heard West saying so, it's yeah. like the most wins combined out of out of the eight teams or something like that, which is incredible to think about. So, a bunch of good ball players and ball clubs, and um, I'm excited to see how that bracket plays out for sure. Yeah, I'm rooting for the uh, Oral Roberts uh, Wake Forest World Series, yeah. just because it's like, pfft, yeah. you know, these teams never popped up on your radar, and and but it's always funny too with baseball in general, like a team like Wake Forest, you brought them up. Uh, like they, I think it's the first World Series they've been to in like you know, 50 years, yeah. something crazy like that. But it just makes you wonder. It's like 69. Ha- nice. Wow. So yeah, even better. Uh, but like it's like we think about how do you how do you, how do you yeah exactly how do you assemble that team at a Wake Forest? You know, it's like they're not yeah. known for being an incredible baseball program, but it's like just somehow you mm-hmm. get it all together at one time, man, and it, it just works out for you. Not only getting to Omaha, but being the number one overall yeah. seed, we're having a great because the ACC's got some great b- baseball in there too. For it's sure. Wild. Yeah, you know, you have those rosters. Some of those guys stick around. They deal with the tough times, and you know, they become your leaders in the in the clubhouse and all that. And you add some good, you know, good pieces. And man, you have some timely hitting, some good fortune and stuff at times. And that's just kind of how you know it goes your way. And like we just talked about, the two best teams in baseball, college baseball, the past two years didn't even make it to Omaha. So you know, you kind of feel like okay, they might they might feel like the monkeys off their back a little bit. They've you know they've made it there, and I know that that one seed curse is still strong, but they're an impressive ball club, and they look like they're still playing you know their best ball right now. SEC teams that look the best to you right now, the way they're playing: LSU, Florida, Tennessee. Oh my gosh, oh, it's hard. You know, watching that Tennessee regional when they you know that extra inning game against Clemson is like, all right, whoever comes out of this is probably going to be in Omaha. They're definitely going to win the regional, and you know Tennessee won it. I just felt like that was it for them. I mean that. A game like that, you you battle. You're on the road, a tough environment. And you come out late, you know, real late. You hit, you know, they're the guy that pitched last night. I think he pitched like a hundred pitches out of the bullpen that game, and they battled and they've been impressive. We knew they had the pieces. We've talked about them for about a month now. You know, if they were a team that got hot at the right time, they got the arms. You know, the, some some veteran guys in the lineup and some really good young players too. They can put it together and go on a run. So. I don't know, you know, Tennessee coming, you know, making it there on the road. They're playing as good as anybody. And then it, it seems like LSU, you know, their issues a little bit with the bullpen. And lately it seems like they've maybe figured some of those pieces out. And 
Uh, they were number one for most of the year. I mean, it, it's kind of wild how you kind of stopped talking about LSU and you got these other teams, but man, it's hard to pick even that with them in Florida. I mean, Florida's yeah. playing just as good, and I feel like they're not being talked. You know, you hardly even think about Florida. They kind of they've just skated through, and they're in Omaha, and they're on a better, more favorable side of the bracket. So. Man, I don't know. It's tough to say who my favorite is out of those three. The two of them are playing right away, head to head. So, I, I got to. I feel like whoever wins that first game is probably going to be in the championship series. That's how I feel about that. Yeah, that's fair because uh, I know LSU. It's uh, they, they got a they got a fan base that will come up there and support, and it's going to feel yeah. like a home home game environment for them in Omaha too. But yeah, there again, there's just a. It, it's hard to pick any of these teams and just feeling great about because I I wouldn't be surprised if TCU. You know, just know, the way. Man. I mean, yeah. they. I think, I think we talked about it. I think them and Florida are the only two teams in the field that have not lost in postseason. Yeah. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And I'm not making excuses also for LSU, but I don't feel like any team had more rain delays or lightning delays during their yeah. postseason than that what LSU all. had yeah. to have. And, uh, you know, that, that thing with LSU and Kentucky and, and that super or uh, just the – I don't know. I, I took issue with that whole process. It, the, the one that was delayed all day. Yeah, and, and it was sunny outside yeah. for like five straight hours. Well, it kind of felt like our delay. You know, yeah. I know it's the NCAA making all those moves. And, I, you know, even we got our local meteorologist questioning what's going on. That to me was like, okay. You know, James <laughs> Bryan, I think it was, what, two hours out of lightning strike? Yeah. Close by a bomb. And, yeah. And we're pushed to the next day. Weird. Some yeah. weird stuff going on a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some, listen, it's uh, you can't when it comes to the NCAA and ESPN and television and stuff. Yep. You can't. You got to question everything. You got to question yeah. everything. <laughs> that's for sure. So we're up against it. We got Trent Daniel here in studio with us, folks. Five zero one six six one one zero three seven is that number to call or text in. We'll have more out of bounds on Trigger Tuesday coming up next. So stay with us. <laughs> from the wild side on 1037 The Buzz, inviting you to join Mark Hedrick and me Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Brought to you by West Rock Landing at Lake Maumelle, Edwards Food Giant, all about tire and brake, battery outfitters, and Crater Bills Outdoors, Hot Springs, and Little Rock locations. It's the wild side, Tuesday at 7 p.m., only on 1037 The Buzz. Sports Center. In college baseball yesterday, Tennessee beat Southern Miss 5 to nothing to advance to Omaha. Then Stanford beat Texas 7 to 6 in a wild ending when Texas lost a routine pop-up which resulted in a walk-off. 1-1 one, one to Bowser. Bowser skies this one. They'll also be heading to Omaha. The men's College World Series will get started on Friday. In Major League Baseball, Shohei Otani had two home runs and four RBIs in the Angels' 9-6 win over the Rangers in extra innings. On the season, he has 20 home runs and 50 RBIs while batting 291. And the Arkansas Travelers will get back to action today as they host the Corpus Christi Hooks. First pitch is set for 635. Coverage can be heard on 106.7 Buzz 2. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. And now the best man. Uh, I was going to plan this speech out while I got my oil change, but I went to take five and it was a lot faster than I thought, so here it goes. Okay. Tim, you were my first friend. Angela, you were my first. <laughs> yeah, I never thought the two of you would make it, but I guess love really is blind. No, 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 I mean in a good way. At Take 5, your oil change is faster than you think. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. This is Pat Bradley for Brewskies. Sometimes you just got to have some wings. And with buffalo, barbecue, teriyaki, Cajun buffalo, lemon honey, garlic parmesan, mango habanero, lemon pepper, pineapple habanero, honey hot, and Brewskies Reaper, you know where to find them. Brewskies, you're home for lunch, happy hour, and late night. It's Taco Tuesday at Brewski's. $1.50 street tacos, $5 signature 22-ounce margaritas, $3 Jose shots, and trivia at 7 p.m. Taco Tuesday at Brewski's. 
A great deal on Select Kubota Equipment, the number one rated tractor brand for durability and owner experience in the U.S. The versatile lineup features performance match attachments to help you make the most of your land. Right now at participating dealers, get a Kubota compact tractor for zero down, 0% APR for 84 months. Now through June 30th. See them or go to KubotaUSA.com slash offers for full disclaimer. Visit your leading Kubota dealers today. River Valley Tractor, five great locations around Central Arkansas to better serve you. River Valley Tractor. Arcare is a system of doctors, nurses, counselors, and pharmacists dedicated to bringing you the highest quality of health care. But it's more than that. It's relational. It's human. It's thousands of people over a three-state footprint offering health care to all. From the country club to the homeless shelter, no one is turned away. Arcare, so you can live your story. Justin Acre for CertiPro Painters. We're all getting ready for summer, and if you want to spruce up your home for summer, CertiPro Painters could be the answer you're looking for. Each CertiPro Painters business is independently owned and operated. Schedule your free estimate at CertiPro.com. That's Certa with a C. If you're thinking about getting a paint job done for the interior or exterior of your home, you need to hurry up and get on the schedule soon because it's filling up quickly. So plan for your next project. You'll be happy you did. Cleanliness, thoughtfulness, and attention to detail. You'll get all of it with my friends at CertiPro Painters. So get them scheduled for your project today. RJ Hawk here with Chris Roberts from Southern Bank. And Chris, people are still looking for lending options, and you guys have it. You know, RJ, whether it's a home equity or a mortgage loan or even commercial lending, we're ready to help. And Chris, if you're not in the market for a loan right now, but you just have general banking needs, you guys have that covered as well. We have world-class respected products and highly competitive rates, all delivered by people that you know on a first-name basis. Experience the Southern Bank difference today by visiting bankwithsouthern.com. Southern Bank, member FDIC, equal Fire up the grill this summer with the highest quality of meats from Hogs Meat Market and their new location off JFK Boulevard in North Little Rock. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Went to the liquor store. I loaded up with alcohol. More specifically, vodka, whiskey, beer, tequila, more beer. More vodka, more whiskey, and more beer. Because I wasn't just going to sit around for a couple of hours in Jonesboro. I was going to drink all night long. On 1037 The Buzz. Bet Saracen is Arkansas's favorite sports betting app. Bet Saracen is as close as your cell phone. Just go to the App Store and download the Bet Saracen app or go to betsaracen.com. MLB, college baseball, the wagers are there. The lines are set. Combat sports, boxing, MMA. And Stanley Cup playoffs, the Stanley Cup final tonight is Game 5, Vegas Golden Knights, Florida Panthers, Vegas Golden Knights, they're favored by one and a half, money line, they're minus 170, and the over-under is five and a half. For the College World Series, they have money lines that are already set, and Stanford is your biggest money line bet, they're at plus 155. For the most accurate and up-to-date sports wagering info, you need to be on the BetSaracen app. It's simple. Just go to the App Store and download the BetSaracen app or go to BetSaracen.com. Be sure to check out the video of How to Play featuring Jancy Sheets. Tonight of Bounds here on Trigger Tuesday. Got Trent Daniel, former Razorback, in studio with us today. Thanks to Lift Truck Services here in Little Rock. Been talking some college baseball with him and uh, obviously with the World Series officially set and all of that stuff. There's other storylines, too, that I want your take on this. What do you make of the Stanford pitcher throwing 150 pitches in a complete <laughs> game? Because I felt like, especially with the reactions that people gave of, oh, my goodness, this is horrible for this kid. He just you know ruined his arm. He seemed like he was a good spirits, and I guess the coaches, I don't know. It's just, I'm not a pitcher. You were a pitcher. Yeah. Like, is that a good thing, a bad thing? What do you make of that? Well, I mean, I, I will say he threw... Was it a combined like 180 pitches in the regional too? Yeah. Something like that. So you're looking at a ton of pitches within a week, really. So I, it's hard for me to have much comment. I don't. I mean, I feel like my arm would fall off. But he, and clearly that's on him. He's tell you know he didn't want to come out. He I think he even said that after the game and stuff. But that, that's a ton, and you just don't. I can't think of the last time I saw 120. You know, like 120 is kind of like whoa from from guys. I see 100. I think it's yeah, a lot. For sure, yeah, for sure. So I mean, I. I'm not a huge fan of that. I mean, like, I guess time will tell how his arm's going to hold up. But, I mean, he wants to get to Omaha, and he wasn't going to get taken out of the game. So you got to respect that. And, 
it, it's not my body and my career so he's he's putting it all out there for you know that super and and he's got his convictions on that and if he he feels fine he could be one of those guys man 100 pitches is nothing to him you know there are guys like that so he uh i guess 150 is a whole other ball game but you know he he still looked as effective to me in the ninth as he was early in the game he's getting them out with a, a good mix of pitches so he's you know another guy to look out for this week i will say see how he does in omaha like can he help can that hold up three weeks in a row you know can he handle that? Yeah. So we'll see. Well, what was the most you ever threw in a game that you thought you can remember most pitches? It, pro- it was probably high school days when I was starting, or maybe even freshman year at JUCO. But it was it, I mean, it was triple digits for sure. I got a one fifteen, one twenty. But that you know, back in high school, it's just different, you right? Know, you know, I don't know. You're a little more fresh, young. Your body can do all sorts of things. Recover and, a little bit yeah, easier. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. I probably I was probably throwing three days later off the mound too. So. It, it was definitely well in the hundreds. It's just I didn't, I never was really required to do that in college with my role. That you know how it's shaped into my role. Trent, you brought up a great point that he still has baseball in front of him because they're in yep. the College World Series. Mm-hmm. Another storyline that was overshadowed was last week. Johns Hopkins had a pitcher that threw more pitches. He oh. threw 164, but they were in the championship series, and this was game two of that, and they needed it to win, and that was his last time that he was going to pitch. So a little different situation where you're talking about Quinn Matthews, who had more, he has more games in front of him. Yeah, and you know, and he didn't know that, you know, he that was they were down. Wait, did Texas won the first game they came back, right? Right. Stanford yeah. Blew it. So yeah. I mean that that's the season there. I mean, like they lose that game and how how they kind of blew choked that game away the game one and it kind of seemed like he was like I'm not even gonna leave this up a chance. I'm I'm taking us to the end here and uh, we're gonna live and die by my arm. So I mean. It, uh, that's that's all on him and how he feels and his coaches and they know how you know his arm is how his body holds up to all that and I just respect a guy giving it all like I mean that that's what you call that for sure. There was another part that had people up in arms. They had like a five run lead at the time, so yeah. they're like they hmm. didn't feel like it was necessary to keep him in the game. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, the the day before they blew the. I mean, what, how many runs did they give up in the ninth? Was it four? They I think some like played the yeah. ball and right and threw it all over the yard. And I don't know. The guy just he wasn't ready to be done, and he was gonna. You know, we're gonna at least get to game three here. So that I don't have much opinion on it. I you don't see it too much these days. I think for a good reason, but that's. That's on him, you so, know, on their coaches. So how does how does Dave handle something like that? Where if you got a guy that's pitching really well and he's getting really up there in the count, but he's still killing, is it something to where he steps in and say, "Hey, you know, you're done"? Is it more kind of gives you the option, or at least gives you the opportunity to keep it going? Like how, how does Dave handle that situation? Well, I think he he always takes into account kind of how the game is going. Are are the innings stressful for you? Are there guys on? You're out of stretch and stressful situations each inning, or are you kind of just cruising like we saw Holland do? I guess the last series of the year where he was just cruising, man, it took us all the way. Um, I think he takes that into account in a big way. And then, you know, it's kind of – he definitely communicates with Hobbs and, you know, the player, the the guy pitching and all those things. I mean, all those things are important. And and it's also kind of depends on where you're at in the season. Is this in March? Is it April? Or are you, you know, in Omaha? You know, th- those type of things. I think that plays an even bigger part. You know, what are we trying to do here? And um, am I going to need you more or whatever? I mean, obviously Stanford, they are going to need this guy. You know, one, they hope probably one, two, three more times. But – um, yeah, DVH, he's he's good about not overusing guys for the most part. I, I mean, I know we've seen the like Kevin Cops here and stuff like that, but majority of the time he's he's very conscious about pitch counts and not wearing guys out. Like I know the Hagen in the LSU turn the LSU SEC game, you know, tournament game, he took him out early just knowing we got regionals next week, and you know, so he's he's aware of what's going on. He definitely could have stayed in the game, and um, I, I feel for the most part he's always been pretty good about that. That's something we talk about quite a bit, that the perception changes whether you win or lose. Like with Kevin mm-hmm. Copps, there were so many people complaining, mm-hmm. saying that, well, his pitch count was up so high and he was tired at that moment. But if they come away with a win, nobody's complaining, and they're talking about how amazing it is that he threw so many yep. pitches and the accomplishment. So it's always one of those storylines that changes whether it's a win or a loss. Yeah, hindsight always comes out. You know, It's always easy to question things after they happen, and we definitely see that with our teams and fans and stuff and with it with every team i mean it's easy to question a move after it didn't work out but if it does well that was a great move what a genius Mm -hmm. move there so 
I guess that's just the nature of sports a little bit. And you know, the cops thing it was just a couple swings. They hit a you know a ball out. Uh, we're we're going way back here, but I'm thinking about the NC State super and. You know, he still was pitching lights out. Just a couple swings, they you know hit a ball out of the yard. It was like you know one or two swings, we're right there. You know, so I don't know. Uh, he, you definitely was communicating with your guys, and most guys I've ever played with are going to be honest for the most part. I mean, they may be you know struggling a little bit, but no, nah, I can stay in there and all that. And I think these coaches, they're with you, and you know, you practice, you watch them throw for so long that they do get a good feel on what you can handle physically and and mentally too. Yeah, I know. I'm going to just, of course, talk trash about other programs because that's what I enjoy doing. But I'm just excited that, like, Arkansas David Horn or other programs, too. But the whole thing where you where you have the pitcher hand the ball to the next pitcher yeah. coming out of the bullpen, I don't know why that bothers me, <laughs> but it does. It's like, I, I don't know, I like having the, the manager or the coach just, hey, give me the ball, go to yeah. the dugout. You know, don't say anything. They're just, hey, here you go. And then the other guy comes out, too. And so... Uh, but that's that's what I've always found fascinating, just to see how different coaches handle that. Because some coaches just don't even I mean, make eye contact, just hand the oh, ball yeah. over and go on. And some coaches maybe talk to him a little bit before he goes in. And then some, I just the whole thing of a player handing another player a ball just bothers me. Well, I can so. tell you, Coach Van Horn is never going to sit there with the guy he's taking out, especially if it hadn't gone well and want to hang out with him on the mound away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I've been on the, the bad end of him with the handout. He doesn't even want to look at you. Like, that's just how it is. And. I always, like I said, I've said on here before, I just watch him and stuff he does because I've, you know, I've been around it and I see it still and I know what he's thinking, how he's acting and stuff. And um, he's definitely not going to wait on the guy to run in from the bullpen and, you know, sit there and hang out with the pitcher that probably didn't do his job. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. It's not my favorite thing. It's kind of weird to watch it. Um, but I would definitely prefer the coach to just yeah. take the ball and that guy walks off the field. Yeah. Well, at that point, it's not even worth a conversation like we're <laughs> yeah. talking about with Coach Van Horn because conversations have already been had before he makes his way there to get the ball and bring in the next next pitcher. Yeah, if you get a little tap on the behind or something, you're like, okay, that was must have been a pretty good outing there. You know, got got a little credit there from coach. But yeah, I've been on the on the back the bad end of of him reaching out and grabbing the ball and him just being disgusted you can just feel the disgust you know how disgusted he feels walking up on the hill so yeah he's not going to be one that ever switches that up yeah well, i've always just wondered too like and i don't know if you ever knew it but just you know when the pitcher goes back and he's waiting on the other one out there does he talk to the infielders about <laughs> something or is it just kind of hey, we don't say nothing to coach we just we're just over here for support type of thing too like i guess it just depends on the circumstances as well it, it so. does i mean there's times he'll talk about what's going on and well that was kind of pathetic or that didn't go how we want <laughs> you know t- those type of things but you know a lot of times we'll be maybe talking about who's coming up what we may do defensively and how we may attack this guy he's, he's going to probably bun or you know try to do something like that so yeah the the bad ones it seem like you always remember i guess more personally for me and i can still just picture him coming out and just give me the ball get back in the get out, out. Yeah. yeah yeah well i think if, i would probably prefer to do it that way anyways <laughs> yeah. at least uh if i was a pitcher i'd be like i know i screwed up like i know i'm not i wasn't doing well it's like i don't i don't need a berating or you don't need to blow smoke up me man it's yeah. like i know i just yeah. let, let me go back to the dugout and i'll try to get next week so yeah uh because that's and that's the thing with like you know with dave too and uh, you know, when now you have like certain timeouts that you can take where a pitcher, the pitching coach can go out there too. And uh, but it's like anytime you know that Dave's out there too, it's like you know it's it's a, it's a, it's changing, yeah. it, it, it's happening there. So yeah. I don't know. I found it really interesting too how, how it's all handled and how different teams do different things. But again, going back to the whole point of 150, 160 pitches in a in a game is it's pretty. I don't know if impressive is the word. I guess it is impressive, but it is pretty crazy. So another thing that. Are we about to go to break? Is yeah, that yeah, yeah, okay. tell you what, save that, after, th- yeah. Yeah, save that thought. Here, There's another thing he does a little different in a lot of teams as far as after a strikeout. And okay, stuff. Well, we'll, hey, well, we'll definitely get into that on the other side of the break. we got Trent Daniel here in studio with us. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin. We'll take a break and come back with more Out of Bounds. So stay with us. conditioning system ready for the heat. Middleton Heat and Air is ready to keep your home and family cool this summer. Let us check your system before it gets hot. We offer free estimates on replacements with no overtime rates from 8 to 8 even on weekends. See why we install more heat and air systems in Arkansas than anyone. 
Call Middleton today at 501-224-4888. Greatness doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, focus, and dedication. At Shelter Insurance, we understand that because we put in the hard work and dedication for decades. And that commitment has paid off with award-winning customer service for your auto, home, and life insurance. See shelter agent Todd Matthews in Benton, Matt Steele in Bryant, or Gary Elmore in Lone Oak today. This is Pat Bradley for Whit Davis Lumber Plus. Ladies, get excited. It's another ladies' night at Whit Davis in Sherwood. It's Thursday, June 22nd from 5 to 7. Get your girlfriends together for a fun night out. Enjoy demonstrations and refreshments, win dual prizes, and take home some giveaways. Browse vendors' tables of plants, clothes, soaps, candles, jewelry, and more. Ladies' night at Whit Davis, 9100 Brocking Road in Sherwood. Find Whit Davis Lumber Plus Ladies Night on Facebook for all the details. The year is almost halfway over and you're still dealing with that knee and hip pain. Enough is enough already. Pills are not the answer. Surgery is not the answer. You need to call QC Kinetics today. Hey everybody, it's RJ Hawk. With the summertime coming on right now, you want to be able to live your best life, right? The advanced regenerative medicine solutions at QC Kinetics can give you a life without chronic joint pains. You can do all those summer activities that you used to enjoy. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in taking healing properties from your own body and applying them right to those achy joints. So your joint tissue can be repaired and restored naturally. The treatment is truly revolutionary. Patients across central Arkansas are having life-changing results. And there's no drugs, no surgery, and no downtime. If you have pain in your knees, your back, your shoulders, your hips, you need to stop what you're doing right now and call QC Kinetics for a free consultation. 501-222-8400 501-222-8440. Once again, that number, 501-222-8440. The Rogers Family for Capital Business Machines. It's real important to keep going what uh, our dad has started. He had a good reputation, and we want to continue that reputation. Business is about relationships, and I think a lot of times it gets too corporate, too internet, too impersonal, and we want to continue that legacy that that our dad has, has started. Treat people right, and they'll take care of you, too. Contact us today for a free document assessment at catbiz.com. Hi, I'm Rick Pennington of Lion's Drug. We have great news. Generic Cialis is now available at a huge savings. We have Tadalafil, the FDA-approved generic of Cialis, in a 20-milligram tablet at a savings of up to 80%. We have the 5-milligram daily tablets for less than $3 a pill. Lion's Drug continues to be your go-to pharmacy for men's health. What are you waiting for? Call us today at 844-676-2247 or go to our website at Lion's Drug. Shh. <laughs> Hear that? That's what fun sounds like. Want to know what fun looks like? Then check out Cupid's Lingerie with eight Arkansas locations, including three in Little Rock. Cupid's is a boutique specializing in all things pleasure and play. From lingerie to, well, everything you can imagine and more. Visit shopcupids.com today and treat someone special to something special from Cupid's. Enjoy. <laughs> It's not just about the size of the meat, it's about where you get it from. So get it from Hogs Meat Market in North Little Rock. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Point of parliamentary procedure. Don't screw around. They're serious this time. Take it easy. I'm in pre-law, man. Thought you pre-med. What's the difference? On 103.7 The Buzz. The world is yours. 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 The no, uh, we're going to have Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast join us here in about 15 minutes. Talk about college football with him as he did the Razorback uh, preview for what he thinks is going to be happening uh, this upcoming football season. But 
uh, we were up against it in the, in the previous break. We're talking about uh, pitching and uh, some of the things that coaches do. And Dave Van Horn, Trent, I know you're about to tell a story or at least uh, tell us about what, something that very unique that Dave Van Horn did when he was, uh, I guess, what he does when he's out there and changing pitchers too. Yeah, so, you know, most teams after a strikeout, they'll throw it around the horn, you know, like third base, you know, I'm talking about throwing around the infield and then get it back to the pitcher. Well, this I, it had to have started while I was in school because we were doing it initially and – I remember we all, suddenly he was sick of seeing us throw it around the horn and you're going to catch it and throw it right back to the pitcher. Well, your whole life you're kind of used to striking a guy out, no one on. You kind of make a little, a little trot around the mound or whatever, and you had to get used to McCann all of a sudden catching it and fire one right back at you. And I almost saw some guys get their head taken off because they were hmm. starting to trot around the mound. But that to me is just something you know, like kind of what we were talking about, a little, something a little different. Pretty much every team throws it around the horn like that, and if you. It may be something you don't even notice. We don't do that, and we still don't. Even ten years later, we strike a guy out. The ball's coming right back to the pitcher quick, too. And it was he just said he wants to get the ball back to the pitcher and let's go. I don't want to do any of that <laughs> time waste. You know, wasting ten seconds, whatever. But hey, it speeds up the game yeah, just like I mean, everything else guess, now. That's what it's all about now, I guess, too. So huh. that was just something different that he kind of started with us. He was sick of seeing it or whatever. You know, whatever he said and <laughs> threw it back to us. But you had to really get used to that. And you'd see guys kind of, you know, whip back around to catch it because you're just you're so used to the ball having some time after a, a strikeout, and that was something you had to adjust to. Do you, you remember what time of the year was that? Like early in the year when that changed? I think it was. It was probably, I would say, probably early conference. I wish I could remember exactly. Gosh, I mean, it's been it's been a minute been now. A minute, but yeah. I know I know we we're well into the season. It wasn't like first weekend type thing. But if I were to guess, we probably, we probably didn't weren't playing too good or something, and he was you know wanting to do something a little different but I, I remember it abruptly being like no throw the ball right back to the pitcher so was it like during a game that he said there this like during it was a after, practice it was after a game for after sure. a game yeah. so i was brought up like yeah. okay we're not doing this yep. anymore so yeah see and that's you brought up because I, I never paid attention like i know mm-hmm. that teams do yeah but i guess i never really thought about arkansas always just throwing it right back to the pitcher and all of that well you'll probably notice it next yeah. year now but yeah that's we just don't <laughs> and we still don't because that's something i look at because it's just you just usually see the catcher pop up, you know, fire one to third base, and no, we don't mm. do that. Mm. You're in the pitcher. College World Series. It'll be interesting to see how many teams actually do that. Do they all do it? I think. I mean, I feel like it's really uncommon for teams not to do it. I mean, like, even like Little League, Baber, you know, high school, you always kind of throw around the, the ball around the horn there a little bit after a K, and um, I, I guess I don't really pay attention to most teams other than us doing that, but I, if I were to guess, they'd probably all throw the ball around the Yeah, and that's just to keep everybody yeah. loose and, yeah. and going and expecting some kind of action coming their yeah. way. Yeah, stay a little loose, kind of, you know, flip the ball around a little bit, and that's really all it is. And he didn't, you know, he doesn't think that that does too much, obviously. So just like, right. let's get the ball back to the pitcher and get on the mound. By the way, on the first Arkansas Bank and Trust text, I got a text from uh, Chainsaw Dave. He says... Did you think it was strange the way the NCAA scheduled this tourney so that the SEC teams would be eliminating other SEC teams that has progressed to Omaha? Look again at the brackets. LSU beating Kentucky, now having to play Tennessee. Florida beating South Carolina. Didn't see other conferences playing fellow teams. Of course, we had more teams entered in, so that probably made this more likely. But I still feel like the way they seeded it, they did it on purpose. But it's still possible for the championship. It could be Florida versus LSU or Tennessee. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean... Maybe a little bit because I'm sure that you know everyone outside the SEC does get sick of SEC baseball and all that. You know, playing you know the teams in the Omaha. It seems like usually we got about half the field or close to that this year. So, you know, I think they maybe look at that. But then you also those teams still have to go out and win the regional and you know take care of business. And some teams didn't, and it's just kind of how it goes. And like and like to his point, um, there's a bunch of SEC teams, so it's, it seems inevitable that they're going to end up facing each other at some point and. It's just kind of how it goes. We've had our share of supers against conference teams, and that's that's how it goes when you're getting you know double digit teams in the field every year. Yeah, it's hard to avoid at times, yeah. and then mm-hmm. especially with so many of those teams hosting. Also, yeah. most of yeah, the SEC exactly. teams hosting. Yeah, I mean, there's only 16 hosts, so at some point, you know, they're going to come out of there. Tennessee's going to come out. You know, like that's just how it goes. Well, it's happened before too. Even like uh, Arkansas in 2018, uh, they beat South Carolina yep. in the supers, and then 2019 they beat Ole Miss in the supers. So. Uh, you know, it's even happened with Arkansas. I think that those, those are the only two times that's happened where they faced an SEC team uh, in the Supers. Because in uh, 2012, that's when they faced Baylor. Baylor. Yep. And in, uh, in that one, and then in 2015 was I'm trying to remember which one that was. It 
Arizona State or Florida State, maybe it was Florida State. in Twenty Florida State was two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Okay, okay. that's what it was. Yeah, we yeah. walked them off in 09 down there in uh, Tallahassee, which was awesome. Okay, yeah, I, was I can't to... remember what fifteen was. I don't know why now. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Missouri State, because remember they couldn't that's play. That's what it was. Yeah, we had to play. We <laughs> they had the Indiana State thing happen. Yeah, they couldn't play. Uh, they're Missouri State, so yep. they had to play in Fayetteville. So yep. That's right. So uh, yeah, but it, it happens pretty often and. You know, I, I think that there's, is it on purpose? I don't know, but I'm sure there is something to it to where they're probably like, all right, let's try to, because I'm sure there could have been, not saying every year, but there could have been years where maybe like six of eight would have been yeah. SEC They don't teams. want that. Yeah, because yeah. then it'd just be another SEC tournament that nobody wants to see again. But yeah, like to Joe's point, I mean, you got you only got 16 teams hosting, and, you know, you know I guess they could maybe, let's put move this guy up to 12. They don't face an SEC team in the Super where they're matched up, but, you know, the seeding I thought was pretty fair for the most part. Maybe some teams got left out, but it, it's just going to happen some years more than other, I think, because it's just quality baseball, and there's a bunch of teams out of the conference making it. Uh, we had a tweet from Rob that uh, just wanted to know what your thoughts are on next year's pitching. I know we have some guys coming back, probably get some guys added, but I feel pretty confident about the dudes that will be on the mound next year, assuming they are healthy. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there you can go down the list there, and I know Holland kind of hinted at maybe coming back. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't I'd know be, how much I'd I, be shocked. I don't <laughs> know how I feel honest. about that. I feel like we see guys. Even I remember Jordan Walsh when they got beat. He was like, "I'm ready to get to work for next year." You know, yeah. you just see guys, it, it's a kind of the end of the year moment, and you're you know you got some emotion still, and you do want to. You don't want your career to be over for the Hogs. It's just how it is. It's it's fun, and um, I think they're set up great. I mean, you know who's coming back with Hagen and Tiger and. You know, I didn't realize. I think McIntyre maybe has an extra year, but I he has two if he wants. He has two. Well, has I two. think he needs to go. He had a great year. I think it's he's he's shown what he can do, and I hope he gets a chance at Pro Bowl. He deserves it, and I hope he goes and and makes the most of it. And I think he will. But there's a lot of young arms there. I'm sure some of them are going to leave, and I would expect some guys to transfer in those deals. But he, I, I like where we're at. I mean, there's there's definitely big pieces coming back. First Arkansas Bank and Trust text line. Mark says. Skip Bertman started the whole deal of pitcher handing it to the next pitcher, saying that it was the way to uh, hold the rope and do your part. That hey, that's fair. That that's fine, and it, it's not my cup of tea exactly. But I guess it's probably because I just never had a coach that ever did. I can't even think even when I was young. You know, it's just kind of thing you're used to. But it, it looks a little goofy to me at times, I guess. But. It, it doesn't matter what I think, really, does it? <laughs> no. It, well, what about uh, throwing 102 mile an hour and getting a strikeout like Tennessee did last night and the dude just freaking out on that, which I was like, because everybody was mad at me, and we can maybe talk about this later, but it's like everybody was mad at me online, like Tennessee fans. They're just like, you throw 102 miles an hour and see how you react. I was like, you don't think you want to react in that way if you threw 92? Like, it, it's all that same. My thing is, like, where do you draw, like, if, because they're like, let the kid celebrate the way he wants to do. If he does cartwheels into the dugout, can we not say, this is a little much? Like, what, yeah. what point does that happen? But but that's another topic for another day. Either well, way, if I'm the coach, I'm just kind of like, let's save a little energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still, it's only the seventh. Still got you know? time yeah. left. Still got time left. We got the third hour of Out of Bounds coming up next. Speaking of time left with Michael Bratton, stay Guys, with us. If you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be low T. Schedule your complete health assessment at Low T Center today. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for 155 bucks a month, cash pay, or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low T Center or you just need the convenience of at-home treatments, no problem. Low T Center makes it easy to get started. Only your first two visits are in person and they're quick and painless. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book